Welcome to this special edition of Irreligiosophy, in which we celebrate the 100th episode, The Big Tun. Where since January 2009, Chuck, Leighton and a variety of Asian children have been entertaining and informing us on a, well, almost weekly basis. It's really hard to believe these two lazy atheist bastards have squeezed 100 episodes out of their asses, but the evidence cannot be denied. So sit back, grab some hand lotion, and enjoy as we look back over the first 100 episodes of Irreligiosophy and marvel at how two redneck momos became the podcast demigods that they are today. It all began with episode one. Deconversion. Two quietly spoken, polite and humble boys recalling delights and stories about growing up Mormon. You can hear the excitement in their voices about starting Irreligiosophy. Just listen. Welcome to Irreligiosophy. This is the first podcast. Reading the Bible so you don't have to. Exactly. Wow. Settle down, guys. I know it's an exciting new venture, but just contain yourselves. But you know what? That first episode, there wasn't one fuck, asshole, dick, ass, or mention of masturbation to be heard. Oh, just think how far they've come. My little babies are all grown up now. Who would have thought at day one there would be more than a hundred bigger and better introductions to come? Hello and welcome to this episode of Irreligiosophy, entitled... We're back, bitches. Since January 2009, we have enjoyed the groping and sodomization of demons around the world. Only podcast to absolutely forbid taking a shit on the Sabbath. Hello and welcome to this episode of Irreligiosophy, the one true podcast, uh, where we've been uh, carrying out feudal revolts against Rome since 19... Fucking whatever. Two thousand nine. Nineteen fucking. <laughs> you don't even realize when we got started. Where since January two thousand and nine, we have been waging jihad against those infidel, inferior podcasts out there who are not us, the one true podcast. All right, hello, and welcome to this episode of Irreligiosophy, the one true podcast. All other podcasts are uh, speaking out of Balaam's ass. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Irreligiosophy, the one true podcast, where we've been pissing off our own fans since January of 2009. And we do it with such skill that no other podcast can equal it. All uh, We've been pissing off all of our podkin. <laughs> <laughs> where we have been suffering for your sake since January 2009. Uh, we have been in the pits of hell, essentially, since January of 2009, for your sake. I hope you fucking appreciate it. Yeah, if not, fuck you. As you just heard, it soon became very clear that Chuck and Leighton developed a special soft place to fall in their hearts for their fans. Their feelings for the irreligiosophites became harder and harder for them to hide, and culminated in the infamous Fuck You Fans Month of 2010. Uh, we have had quite a bit of criticism on our interviews. Is, is yeah. that fair to say? That is uh, apparently, fair to say. 
the 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 guest podcasts are are nearly universally reviled amongst our listeners. And you know, because of that, we here at Irreligiosophy we like to listen to our fans, and so we have decided, fuck you all. We are turning June into an all-interview month. Absolutely. We're going to have nothing but guest podcasts in the month of June. Uh, yeah, uh, so uh, Mr. Daniel and all those others that complained about it, bend over, we're giving it to your ass. <laughs> Clearly we need more practice. We yes. may even have more than one a week. You know, I like this idea. You know, we should just base our entire show off of interviews from here on out just because of this. To all our fans uh, who uh, are groaning because we're going to do a month, uh, at least a month of worth of guest podcasts, I say, suck it. Suck it, bitches. <laughs> You're going to eat it until you like it. <laughs> so we're doing guest interviews until every single five fans of ours comes up and says that they love it and they want it to continue. <laughs> And then we'll think about stopping. Yes. Well, because after we've discovered that you like it so much, we may just continue. You never know what's going to happen on the one. We work in mysterious ways. Yes, you must interpret our ways carefully. Our, our ways are not man's ways. Yes, yes. So for our listeners, as a, as a final message before we move on, if you're upset by this, then go cornhole Daniel for it, because it's really <laughs> his fault. <laughs> As always, we are, are completely blameless. We are the one true podcast. We are blameless and perfect in all ways. The boys quickly became very comfortable with using more colourful language in the podcast. And, just quietly, I think the fans found their new risque tongues very funny and maybe even a little titillating. What the fuck? 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 Yeah, what, what the fuck? What the fuck? Just like I said, Leighton, I think the fans love it when you guys talk dirty. It really gets them off. Bull fucking shit. Bullshit! Bullshit. <laughs> I'm calling bullshit on that. I call bullshit on that as well. Bullshit. 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 It's not bullshit, it's true. And you know what's even better? When Dr. Morrison calls on the Almighty, even though he's supposedly an atheist. Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus H. Christ. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Oh, Lord. It was just so... Oh, my God. God Almighty. Oh, God. Moving on. Jesus. <laughs> so. Oh, dear God. Jesus Christ. Oh, Lord. My God. Dear God. Jesus H. Christ. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sure we've all lost track of the number of times we've thought, oh my god, when listening to Chuck and Leighton on Irreligiosophy. But the one topic that has consistently caused us all incredulity is the Allred family. Now, you all did not believe me when I told you that my family was insane. 
You did not I believe you. me. I believed you. Well, you believe me because you know my family. <laughs> my uh, parents, who I like to refer to as masochists, adopted 13 children and uh, had six of their own, I being the last of the six birth children, if you will. And uh, basically, due to that adoption, they couldn't continue living up in Park City, where actually Charlie was friends with my older brothers. And uh, so we moved to a small little podunk town called Rose Canyon, where we built a four-story house by our own hands, and uh, pretty much lived throughout there until I was about 18, 19. So, all right, so, so we've got this dead cuff, or this coffin, <laughs> and... On the very day that I purchased that coffin, a family member dies, Jeff. Now, as my family is sitting there and they are going back and forth disputing what should happen to his three children, whether they should separate them up, I mean, really fucked up shit in dealing with these kids, suddenly my mom turns to me and says, you know what, funerals normally cost $8,000, you know, buying the plot, buying the coffin, buying uh, or paying for cremation, whichever way we go. Would you mind if we used your coffin and uh, then we'll just cremate him afterwards? Now, what is your response to that, Charlie? The one instance I really remember is I was probably five or six and uh, somebody had stolen money from somebody else and my dad couldn't get any of us to confess, so he had the bright idea to make us all kneel in front of the front room couch. He pulled out a stick, and he began whooping us until uh, one of us would confess. But all that did was make everybody cry, and he wound up whooping us so hard that he worked himself into exhaustion, and then he sent us all to bed. God, my mom made us hang it out the window when we had to pee, and she didn't want to stop, so... <laughs> My mother has always been of the belief that uh, if you have sex before you get married, you lose the ability to love. This is her belief, is that after you lose the ability to love, that's when you start experimenting, and that's why people go gay. This is like a movie. I, I swear, this is fucked up shit, and this is what my family is like. That's all I've got to say is, you guys don't believe me, but my family is really fucked up. Well, Leighton, your family does sound um, interesting. However, some may respectfully disagree with your views about your family and, with the utmost respect, choose to decline to discuss this and other topics, say, like religion, at all. Isn't that right, Sean? I will not speak on the beliefs of the LDS Church, um, as I can only speak in regards to my own beliefs. In regards to answering whether that is truth or fiction, I choose to refrain as I am not representing anybody but myself. I just find it to be incredibly disrespectful the way that it's being presented. Present your views. Present them. Fight back against what is against your beliefs. It's where we start to disrespect each other. That's where things fall apart. That's where that's where people begin to do things that are completely wrong and inappropriate. Most of all, what I want to say is that I'm grateful for the respect I was given throughout this show. It's not what I saw in other podcasts that I listened to. 
I I just see that it could be used in a harmful way against you too for the disrespect that you're showing to others. Poor Sean. I think some of us felt a little embarrassed for him. Oh well, I guess it could have been worse. This this whole uh, discussion on sex is funny to me because, I mean, as Charlie said, uh, we had it in school. Uh, I think I was in the seventh grade when I had it, and instead of taking the piece of paper home, I just forged my mom's signature. But uh, now, uh, my brother, Sean, who we have had on the show, I recall shortly after he got married to his wife, he was actually very upset with my parents because uh, they had not talked to him about it. And his exact words were, he didn't know what to do. And I'm sorry, but I, I don't think there's, there's too much you can do there. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that's, that was a complaint in my family, uh, at least where my brother Sean was concerned, is that it wasn't discussed at all. And so I guess Sean just stood there going, why is it standing up and where should I put it? So he essentially wanted an instruction manual from his dad. All right, son. This uh, this position is especially I found personally especially pleasing. <laughs> I'm just sitting there thinking about Sean and uh, <laughs> my dad saying, "Okay, when you grab her by the hair from behind, she looks just like her sister." And, hold on. and that's that's right now the only thing going through my mind, and I'm trying not to laugh. All right, Sean, I want you to smack her ass like this. Come here, honey. <laughs> Now, Sean Bindover, I'm going to use you as my <laughs> They should have a family home evening. Uh, a how-to family home evening on sex. Okay, uh, i, I got to get that image of Sean out of my <laughs> Wow. I guess anything is, pardon the pun, up for discussion on your religiosophy. At least we can count on Chuck being a caring, sharing warm and fuzzy general practitioner who lives to perform his noble duty of healing disease, death and deformity with infinite compassion. Old people, you know, they're afraid of death, blah, blah, blah. Pregnancy is the most common sexually transmitted disease. <laughs> that thing is a fucking parasite for nine months. Scratch that. That fu fucking 18 thing. years. That fucking thing is a parasite for 18 years. <laughs> People who have high blood pressure induced by this show, I think, should stroke out. Yes. And, you know, you go to church, you hear the same thing, right? You know, you want to see a miracle, you go and witness childbirth. That's a miracle. Look, I, on call, <laughs> I had... I remember your experience eight, with the miracle of childbirth. <laughs> eight straight weeks of call, where I'm on OB at the Maricopa County Hospital, right? Like, every third day call. One hour... The other intern had gone off to lunch. I delivered three babies in an hour, right? Yeah. I delivered ten babies that day. This is not a miracle, right? <laughs> you sit there and you get sick by the smell of placenta. You have to deliver. Anyone who thinks childbirth is a miracle hasn't stuck around for the afterbirth. That stuff is disgusting. <laughs> Gee, Chuck, you almost sound like a bit of a skunk dick there. It is a two-star review entitled Not Funny by Mims Carter. Maybe it's because we keep laughing at our own jokes. <laughs> a couple of snarky, immature young male atheists who take cheap shots at religious people and have fun accusing other snarky, immature young male atheist podcasters of being snarky, immature young male atheists. 
I don't think uh, I've ever accused them of being young male atheists. No, no. In in fact, I believe our accusation is that they're forty year olds eating Cheetos in their mom's basement. <laughs> As with other atheist podcasts of this ilk, the only redeeming feature of their podcast is that they are atheists and they occasionally interview someone with something to say. The podcast featuring Tall Penguin was actually informative when they let her talk. Fewer skunk dick jokes and more substance would be nice. Well, she's right. Yeah. And I apologize for the skunk dick joke. Uh, we won't have it anymore. However, some of you have been pestering us to not stop ANN, so I thought a good idea would be to do, like, one news story at the beginning. Maybe we'll stop reading reviews. We'll do one news story at the beginning, and we'll entitle it The Mims Carter Skunk Dick of the Week. What do you think? <laughs> I believe that is probably the best idea you've ever came up with. And for this week's Skunk Dick of the Week, I nominate Mims Carter. <laughs> <laughs> What a stunning turn of events. Wow, the, shocking. The inaugural Mims Carter Skunk Kick of the Week is actually Mims Carter. Okay, now what we got in Skunk Dicks is uh, my personal favorite. Lady Gaga says she keeps her creativity in her pants. Uh, yeah, um, she says, I have this weird thing that if I sleep with someone, they're going to take my creativity from me through my vagina says Gaga, who appears nude on the cover. Now, I'm looking at the picture, and I didn't even know he had a vagina. Well, see, it's very difficult to tell with the the undersized penis. He, he looks much like <laughs> I do when I'm naked. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and uh, the computer results are... Stand by. Analysis verified. My God, you're right, it's Glenn Beck. <laughs> You can never go wrong. Even the mention of Beck and the computer starts growling. <laughs> the computer hates Glenn Beck. Well, doesn't everybody, though? Who won? For some reason, Glenn Beck is showing up on my screen. Glenn. <laughs> is that two in a row? He's almost had as many as Mims Carter himself. That, that's pretty impressive. I never thought anybody would reach the level of Mims Carter skunk dickishness. <laughs> Oh my God! It's Glenn Beck. <laughs> wow, we got to get this computer checked. It just decides on its own which skunk dick it wants. <laughs> I think it just doesn't like Glenn Beck, which is entirely uh, appropriate, I think. All right, let's load that into the computer. Stand by. Charlie, oh my what the God. fuck did you do to the Oh, my God. What happened? <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, apparently, the skunk dickery was too much this week. Uh, the computer has uh, severely crashed. Okay. I I've seen the computer act up when we discussed Mims Carter, but I've never seen it do this before. Yeah. I'm going to have to print out a, a log of what happened. I suspect Glenn Beck has something to do with it. Well, if you're fiddling with a log, I don't want to see it. All right, um, unfortunately our computer broke down again, so we're going to have to figure out some other way to calculate the skunk dicks. You got any ideas, Leighton? Well, my thought is uh, we, we do have Mr. Smiles, and dogs are known for eating just about anything, so I would think we take our skunk dicks, we put it in the dog's mouth, and whatever he shits out is the skunk dick. 
So we're going to skip uh, the skunk dick of the week. Let's just give it to Glenn Beck or the Pope or Mims Carter. <laughs> I don't fucking care. Ah, yes. We all love our skunk dicks. And I'd like to take this opportunity to congratulate Leighton on being named Skunk Dick of the Year in 2010. This was a well-earned title, not just due to his email diplomacy, but Leighton, also due to your general heterosexist bullshit. We allow women to talk for at least one hour before we tell them to get back in the kitchen to cook us food. Yeah, I would say the greatest joy to man is between a nice pair of long legs, a good personality, and a nice cold beer. See, well, there's the problem. It's like a clingy woman. Do we let her back knowing that she'll cook us everything, or do we keep pushing her away knowing that that'll just make her want us more? Uh, well, once again, she's a woman, and we can't expect her to stand on her own two feet. She had to follow like she normally does. Uh, fast and dirty. I was in the electronics lab, and uh, the teacher was up there instructing, you know, babbling away. And this pretty girl was walking down the hall that I knew, and she gets this big-ass grin and starts waving at me. So I wave her to come into the classroom, and she, of course, bursts past the teacher, who's glaring at her. And she runs up, kneels between my legs, and asks me what I wanted. To which, of course, I responded, well, nothing. I just wanted to make you come in here. And uh, then she pretty much fled the room in complete First of all. I find that hard to believe. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. Uh, we are talking about me. I could have given them the reason why marriage is crumbling and falling apart. It's because we gave women rights. Let's take away women rights, give gay rights, and then we'll be back to standard traditional marriage. What if they're gay women? What would you do with their rights then? Well, then they'll both just be washing dishes and it won't matter at that point. So, Chuck, you'd pretty much agree that Leighton's a heterosexist skunk dick? Absolutely. 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 Right, absolutely. 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 100%, absolutely. But, despite all of that, do you find Leighton funny? Does he make you laugh? <laughs> you gotta love that very, very cute giggle. But then again, Dr. Morrison, you are known for getting on your soapbox and having a little bit of a rant every now and then, aren't you? You know, Miss Engel, clerics can already endorse candidates from the pulpit. They just have to pay fucking taxes. They have the freedom. They're making a compromise themselves. They're compromising their own principles by not endorsing candidates from the pulpit. All they have to do is pay a little money, and then they can go ahead and endorse the hell out of their favorite candidate. Yeah. It's called taxes. If, if your little religion wants to pay taxes, they can endorse whoever the hell they want. But it's due to the fact that they're just, oh, a little bit greedy and need that extra money in order to run their own little business. Or they don't think they can survive if they pay taxes. And aren't these people, these Republicans, also in favor of the free market? <laughs> so <laughs> I would say strip all these things of their tax exempt status. Let them 
endorse whoever the fuck they want from the uh, pulpit and see which of these stupid organizations survive. Yeah. And let God choose uh, which of these organizations he will uh, provide support for. Let's stop welfare to churches. Let's strip them of their tax-exempt status and end the welfare state for churches. Um, and you know what? Uh, if you don't want to do this, Sharon, then stop talking to the government about it. The government's already given you a, a uh, map of how to endorse candidates from the pulpit. But you can't have it both ways. You can't yeah. carve out a special uh, category so that your church will be uh, exempt from taxes and also be able to endorse candidates. If they really believe in it, then they'll go ahead and pay fucking taxes, just like everyone else. Yeah, it, it all comes down to let's put the money where your mouth is, huh? Yeah, and let's make gay adoption illegal based on absolutely zero evidence whatsoever, uh, except for the evidence that's found between the pages of her stupid Iron Age book. While medical professionals should certainly try to save a pregnant mother's life, the means by which they do it can never be by directly killing her unborn child. Oh, my God. Okay, well, let us know. What, what's the cure for um, pregnancy-induced pulmonary hypertension, uh, Mr. Bishop? Uh, you because, have a tube down her lungs, obviously. Because we'd really like to know. If we could save both the fetus and the mother, let us know. Why don't you go over there and pour some fucking holy water on her and give her a fucking blessing if you're so concerned? I'm sure God can prevent that pulmonary hypertension. He can treat it. Why didn't you do that? Why do you only care after the fact? Yeah, and I'm an sure asshole. the doctors over there, including this nun, were all about killing the child. That's that's the first thing on their agenda. They didn't sit around and argue about this for a long time. It was just, oh, let's just kill the child. It doesn't matter. This guy has no medical knowledge whatsoever, and here he is, passing judgment in contravention of Jesus' judge not, lest ye be judged. Passing judgment on this mother whose lungs are filling up with water uh, the longer that that pregnancy remains. So, uh, fuck you, Bishop Olmstead, or whatever your goddamn name is. These are the fuckers who are supposedly defending traditional marriage again and again and again. They say, not about love, guys. It's not about love. Gay people love. They're capable of love. But it's not about love. It's about fucking. It's about civilizing people. It's about having a fucking radar about where your kids are. It's fucking idiots. Chuck... Your passion is inspiring. And you know what else is fantastic? We can understand what you're talking about, unlike some others on the show. And uh, they've left because they've discovered uh, Muslimism isn't exactly good. Uh, <laughs> what? I can make you, up words. You just say Muslimism? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. The Sumerian Job never claimed to be pious. 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 <laughs> well, no, we, we've decided to basically fuck our fans once more, so we're going to focus in on the Episcopal per Church, if I could say it. <laughs> <laughs> the Episcopal Church? The Episcopal. <laughs> I want the sin of Odin. Why won't you let me have it? Sin of Onan. Not the, uh, Odin, the Odin. sin of Thor's father. <laughs> <laughs> Saul said to David that he needed to go out and kill a hundred Philistines and bring back their foreskins before he would allow David to marry his daughter. Philistines. Philistines. <laughs> you say it your way, I say it my way. Piss off. 
Charles, I felt personally offended and femininely oppressed by your air inference that Leighton's conceptualization of a pre-show was a ruse to obtain, or excuse me, a ruse to obtain videos of female fans' perky, soft, and receptive breasts. There's more, say, but I got lost on that. Did you say inference? Inference. <laughs> <laughs> That's wait, wait, wait. all I heard out of all I of that. I just quoted perfect, soft, and receptive breasts, and you get inference? I'm stuck on your pronunciation of inference. Inference. You're saying the same thing. You said inference. It was close enough. And there are just some Latinisms that stand on their own. Uh, right now, there are two philosophers, and there's me, the average Joe. Now, my education has been uh, more technical, uh, electronics, uh, 3D modeling, Coast all Guard. that bullshit. Well, Coast Guard, that's be. just to kind of lounge around on the beaches of Hawaii, but uh, beyond that. but <laughs> So I, uh, I've been considering it while we were coming up to this. and uh, Leighton could be considered an expert in equine pornography. That's true. That's true. That puffer fish and I, we did have our <laughs> That's something to put on your CV. <laughs> e- equine, equine actually means horse, Leighton. Yeah, it does. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's fu- oh, actually, I did have me quite a few horses growing up. So, excellent. I'll accept excellent. that. <laughs> All right. So, so basically. The way I view morals is more from observation. Now, you're probably going to laugh at my equation of it, but the way I look at morals is is much like a woman, uh, how she looks on the bad boy. Now, evolutionarily speaking, women look towards the bad boy uh, because he is strong, he is aggressive, he can protect them. Basically something they needed before uh, evolution and before mankind brought us to the point now where women don't need to be protected as badly. But as they go along, they start using the brain that evolved in them, and they start noticing that, hey, the bad boy treats them like shit. That's the way I view actual morals. Evolutionarily speaking, much like wolves, there, there's a hierarchy. Is there, is there a point to this sexist <laughs> diatribe? I'm trying to get to it, jackass. Kiss my ass. I'm pointing out, yeah, sexist diatribe, whatever the fuck you want to call it, what I'm pointing out is, evolutionarily speaking, it brings us to a certain point, much like the hierarchy of wolves. But then from that point on, you actually start using your brain and developing your own. So how, with that sort of construct, do you sit down and uh, actually set out rules for morals? I mean, your argument is that the New Age atheists, they are using the, the New Age Whatever the fuck they are. <laughs> Yeah, we all know how much I pay attention to this whole movement. So the the yeah. New Age may... Does that mean they listen to New Age music? I wonder. Um, Leighton? What the fuck were you actually talking about then? You really should try to be clearer in your communication. Kiss my ass. Once again, kiss my ass. <laughs> kiss my ass. Kiss my ass. Kiss my ass. Kiss my ass. Hmm. For some reason, your ass and asses in general seem to have been a bit of a theme running through irreligiosity for the past hundred or so episodes. I had the ass of a Greek god. Let, let me just tell you one thing. The only thing perfect about me is my ass. All right, all right. 
But if there's a state penis, there's going to be a state ass, and I better get that award. All right, all right, all right. Well, lucky for you, you guys seem to think that God is an ass man. Does does Job fear God for nothing? Haven't you blessed and protected him, right? Uh, stretch out your hand and strike everything he has, and, and he will surely curse you to your face. Yeah, I think that's just because Satan was jealous of how many asses Job gets to hit every night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's, he's, he's seen the she-asses. Who hath sent the, out the wild ass free? Or who hath loosed the bends of the wild ass? Uh, again, I don't know what he's talking about. God has always had a preoccupation with asses. I think he's an ass man. Uh, I think he is. Well, despite your accusations that God is an ass man, he has blessed you. He has blessed you both with Asian children. And your love, affection, and dedication to them has just been very, very moving. Through our Thai children, we have been starving for religious freedom. Yes, much like religion's way of praying on a certain item and blessing people, we do the same. Pakti and his starvation is our holy water. Is Pakti Hindu? I thought he was Thai. By the way, you assholes, Pakti's dead. Nice job. Yeah, we sent him down here to die for your sins, and ours, sort of, and you couldn't even pay to give him a meal. Listen... Uh, that barely covered the caviar for our six-day trip. I figured that a half of a can of tuna left out for him would be enough for those six days. Yeah, just because we forgot to unlock the bathroom so he could drink out of the toilet, that doesn't excuse the small amount of money you guys paid for Listen, his tuna fish. I figured he'd just squeeze the tuna fish and get the water out of that. <laughs> so that would explain why you uh, put the deadbolt on. It probably didn't help that I salted the half can of tuna. <laughs> well, you were flavoring it for That's him. Right. So, <laughs> who would, you know, the, the death was tragic, but what was the worst part about it was it was totally unforeseeable. You could not have prevented that. No, no. Uh, Pac D died. It, it was by no fault of ourselves. If we would have known salting tuna fish and locking the bathroom door so he couldn't drink out of the toilet would kill him over just six days, really? That, that, that's a surprise to anybody. Well, actually, if you're feeling sad about Pakti, just remember that he died doing what he loved. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he was scrawling out in his own dried-up, punchy little blood. <laughs> If that was urine, it's awful brown. <laughs> well, that's what happens when you get dehydrated. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that, and we now have an entire show written in Pacti's feces. <laughs> that was, <laughs> that was uh, Pacti's parting gift to you, was, was this show written in his own urine and feces as he lay dying on the floor. We now have the resurrected Pacti working full time on writing material that we can pass on to these theist podcasts. Well, I hate to um, I hate to burst your bubble there, Leighton. Um, we couldn't resurrect Pacti, 
So actually, I went out and bought. Um, you know, the the market for Thai children since we've started this uh, has gone way up. So what I did was I just uh, bought a North Korean kid named Inchul, and I know you can't tell the difference, but uh, remember, Pacti skinny, Inchul fat. So should I stop shoving the electrode up Inchul's ass to <laughs> recharge him? <laughs> he seems to enjoy it, though. I don't know if we should take that away from him. Pacti enjoyed it. I'm not so sure uh, well, Inchul likes it very much. Every time I plugged Pacti in, he would flail around, so I knew he was enjoying it, but, uh, yeah. What have, what have our fans done for us? Um, I'm trying to think. They bitched at us over Pacti, and they wouldn't donate to feeding him. They killed Pacti. That's what they did. You Not a single people. donation. Now we we're stuck with a fat Korean kid. Yeah. That kid eats like three times as much as Pacti. Do you guys understand how many more donations we need to feed this fat ass? <laughs> <laughs> you stuck with Pacti. Guess you should have thought that out, huh? Didn't think that through, did you? <laughs> we got another Halloween conference coming up. Fuck That's if I'm going to... Leave more than a can of tuna fish for that fat kid. And I may think about unlocking the, the bathroom so he can drink out of the toilet, but that depends on you guys. That depends on your donations. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if we reach $10,000 by March, we will consider leaving the door open to the bathroom. And, you know, I think we should change our donation program from violate the word of wisdom to feed the fat-ass Korean. <laughs> Ah, shit. Gotta love those kids. Chuck, I've always thought you'd be awesome at reading kids' stories. You do such fantastic different voices. Mommy, Mommy, I learned in school that two princesses can get married. I'm the king of jingling. Oh, God, the demon's over there going, Excuse me. (laughs) I didn't mean to let that squeaker out, sorry. That was me. I want to be a dentist. Ghost nothing. That'll be a talking goat. <laughs> <laughs> you rang? <laughs> Someone want a bigger ass? <laughs> but regardless of age, religion, or race, there have been some irreligiosity moments that will live on as unforgettable and legendary for all eternity. In the introduction, the first sentence, Hello, my name is Kent Hovind. Well, see, I'm not so concerned about evolving a big brain. I would just like them to evolve a brain. (laughs) The counterexample is, you go to the beach and you don't fucking turn into Wolverine. Since that doesn't happen, <laughs> clearly evolution violates the second law of thermodynamics. Clearly, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> now, some of you might be saying, hey, they've sold out. And to you, I say, what do you think the whole purpose of the show was? Uh, God, it my, took long enough. Yeah, my God, why, why aren't more of you sponsoring shit? <laughs> Get off your goddamn asses. I'll whore myself out to anything. You want me to sell cigarettes? I'll sell cigarettes. Women's panties? I'm wearing them right now. 
Uh, nobody's sponsoring the women's panties. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell, dude? Yeah, so he says, you know, I know that it's um, it's tight and uh, money's hard to come by in this economy, but please, you know, my ministry might come to an end if I don't make up $900,000. And his uh, parishioners responded to the tune of $2.4 million. Oh, good God. So, uh, Rick Warren... Uh, candidate number one for Skunk Dick of the Week. Uh, and I would like to nominate his parishioners as Skunk Dicks. Are you guys <laughs> shitting me? Are you shitting me? The dude can't handle money, so you hand him twice the amount he's after? The Lord said to Satan, Whence cometh thou? And Satan said, Art thou shitting me? Aren't thou omniscient? <laughs> <laughs> I must say that I cringe during episodes with guests where Leighton in particular seems completely unable to avoid talking about sex in rather explicit terms. I can hear well, your Janae, guests... Okay. If it if it makes you feel better, I'm uncomfortable at that, too. I cringe as well, right with you. Um, <laughs> the fuck? Are you masturbating right now? Uh, well, you know, sometimes when uh, when other people talk about sex, it... Uh, oh, oh, oh. Hold on. Oh, there's the old face. Ah. Hold on. Uh, the tip's still sensitive. Okay, I'm done. Now, here's a pro tip, Joyce. If you're going to uh, require an amen from your audience, you might want to pause. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a good point. Now, the, now, the funniest thing is, is... What the hell does it matter if your audience is participating? They paid their money, their asses are in the seats, so what the hell does it matter? Uh, I hate these modern conveniences. They make us all impatient. Where the fuck is my amen? <laughs> all right. Um, after you bathe, don't admire yourself in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Stay in the shower just long enough to clean yourself, then dry off and, in capital letters, get out of the bathroom! <laughs> now, my favorite is the next bit. Into a room where you will have some member of your family. Do you really want your sister to be in the same room when you've got an erection? Really? <laughs> because, of course, if you look at yourself in the mirror long enough, you will get a boner. I mean, that's just a given. Well, you know, look at me. I can understand that. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how many people this guy has talked to. Like, uh, yeah, that's a that's a time where I'm particularly weak. You know, I hop out, look at myself in the mirror. Oh, my God, I'm hot. Holy yeah. shit, I need to get out of this bathroom right now. I feel like climbing up and mushroom stamping myself in the mirror. I'm mousing myself. Unbelievable. Oh, my God, this guy is a retard. If anybody has found a cure for the Mormon Woody, or excuse me, the Mormon <laughs> Well, there's a Freudian slip for you. But the Morning Woody, they should be shot because what man wants to get rid of his salute every morning? Okay, color me confused. Why would you plug in a piece of meat? I understand why you would plug in a pickle, because pickles glow and they make sounds and, and they're fun to watch burn. But why would you do that to a meat? Mother of Christ, the, the fundamental misunderstanding of second law of thermodynamics and the concept of entropy is killing me.
it is actually it is painful to me to listen to this. So first well, of all, they I come up with expecting anything better. Though. They come up with their own weird definition of entropy in the second law, and then they come up with this counterexample to that strange definition, and somehow that answers the question. Listen, you can't just <laughs> plug a electrical cord into a piece of meat. Or, or leave it out in the sun where it has a bunch of sunlight coming into it and then expect that it's going to stop decaying. There you go. Answer that, evolutionists. So the sequence of events, this guy takes uh, this, this daughter, rapes her. Um, they uh, say, hey, no problem. You can have our daughter. Just be circumcised. They say, hey, great. They circumcise themselves, get really sore, and these two guys destroy the entire city, kidnap all the women and children and bring them back, take the asses, Everything. And Jacob says, Hey, you're making me look bad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, it's wonderful. Yes, Chuck, Irreligiosophy and its first 100 episodes have been totally, absolutely wonderful. So, are we ready for the conclusion? So, wait, 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 wait. So wait, 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 wait. No, I'm not going to wait. I'm going to give the penultimate word to Chuck, who I am sure speaks for all of us in what he is about to say. Sean, you're telling me, get out there and, and talk to people, but for God's sakes, don't ruffle their feathers. Don't, don't, don't make them irritated. You've got to be kind about it. You've got to respect their beliefs. I don't. I don't respect their beliefs. I don't respect your beliefs. I don't respect the Mormon religion. Uh, I don't respect Joseph Smith. I don't respect uh, Christianity. I don't respect Jesus. I don't respect God. If God is as he was portrayed in the scriptures, both the Book of Mormon, the Old Testament, and the New Testament, then God is an asshole. And he deserves all the mockery and scorning that I can heap upon him. And if I am dragged before his bar, my first question would be, what right do you have to judge me? You are the most immoral, son of a bitch, genocidal bastard that has ever existed in this uh, universe. Hitler was a pipsqueak compared to you. You have no right to judge me. You have committed far greater crimes than I ever will and am ever capable of. You killed small children. My God, you committed adultery... To, to even have Jesus with another man's betrothed. Don't tell me not to fornicate before marriage. You did. This sort of thing is the stuff that we've been told to sit down and shut up about. Stop having these conversations because you're not being respectful. You've got to be respectful. I'm done. Done being respectful. I've gone down that road. I'm not going to do it anymore. Now, hopefully, people will stand up and take notice. We atheists are not going away. We're not going to respect your beliefs. We're not going to respect you. You uh, listen to us now. And Leighton, any last words? Why the hell are you bothering to listen to us? We're a couple of fucking retards. Um, right. What else would we expect from Chuck and Leighton? So, in the end of this retrospective, I think on behalf of all your fans, all the religiosophites, anyone who's ever listened, and anyone who you've swayed with a little shadow of doubt, I would like to say thank you. 
Chuck and Leighton, you put in a shitload of time, effort, thought and work into this podcast and you've been doing it for 100 episodes and we really, really appreciate it. You have educated, inspired and entertained many, many hundreds of people around the world over the last 100 episodes and your work is not in vain. It is valuable, it is needed, and most of all, it is very, very much appreciated. So once again, thank you and fuck you. We look forward to the next 100, even bigger and better than the first, and wish you all the best, and you're awesome. And you know what the best thing was about this retrospective? Leighton's penis only got mentioned, like, for two seconds. Must be a record. I have a very small penis. Ah, shit. You asshole. <laughs> <laughs>